I'm going to be in John chapter five, uh, verse one, uh, John five, one. Uh, I'm going to read a couple different versions. I'm going to read NLT first, then I'm going to do uh, King James version. Okay, here we go. So John chapter five, verse one, I'm going to read one through nine. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. By the way, there is um, there's been excavating done and some archaeological studies that ha- that where they uncovered this pool of Bethesda with the five porches. The only reason I say that is because in case you're in that kind of thing, a lot of times people, you know, think that some of the things we read in the Bible, the stories just aren't true and stuff. Like that. But there's tons of scientific fact that facts that um uh, uh, that substantiate things that we read in the Bible. Anyway, uh, verse three, uh, and you can use that when you want to sound smart at work, you know, at the water cooler. Say, well, did you know that there was an archaeological study and some excavating done that? Anyway, uh, verse three, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches, okay? Crowds of sick people with all kinds of sickness. Verse five, one of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked them, would you like to get well? Verse seven, listen, Jesus says, would you like to get well? Now here's the man's response in verse seven. He says, I can't, sir. The sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. We want to explain a little bit about what he's talking about um, uh, in, the ne- in the next version that I read. Uh, Jesus uh, told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Verse nine, instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking, but this miracle happened on the Sabbath. Now here's King James version. Watch this. After there was a feast of the Jews, okay, Jesus went to Jerusalem. Now there at Jerusalem by the sheep market pool, uh, which is called in Hebrew, tongue of Bethesda, having five porches, these lay in a great multitude of impotent folks of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the water to be moved. Verse four goes and explains it a little bit, says, for an angel went down at certain seasons into the pool, troubled the water, basically just stirred it, made the, made the water move. And who, and whoever then first after the troubling water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease they had. A certain man was there, which had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He said unto him, wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise up, take thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed, walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. And so today's uh, uh, topic, today's sermon title is, is I'm here now. Okay. I'm he- I'm here now. That's what we're talking about today. Now watch this. I'm gonna make this so simple. Yeah, this is not even deep. Why, this is the situation that we have. Okay. Watch this. We have a lot of people at this place with a lot of different needs. Okay. We have a lot. They said it was a multitude of sick people. They said it was blind with, they had a lot of different needs at this one place. So we've got a multitude of people with a lot of different needs. Now here's the thing. And they're there waiting and they're depending on a traditional religious means for their healing. Okay. A lot of sick people there. They're at the pool. They understand what happens. They say every now and again, in certain seasons, the water's troubled. And the first person who gets in there, and now here's what I'm saying. They know it's tradition because they said it's happened before, right? And they know to go there. That's why a lot of people were there. If it wasn't, if it never happened, there wouldn't be a large multitude going there. 
And by the way, they said that an angel troubled the water. So we see the religious aspect there, right? And so they, and they believed in it, right? So we've got all these people, different variety of, 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 of illnesses, lots of people all at the same place for traditional, for religious means of healing, okay? And watch this. Uh, and, 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 and that was all watch that was available to, to them at that time. Okay. Now look what this represents. Okay. Understand this about this traditional way, this religious way, look at the scarcity in it. Okay. You mean to tell me that at a, that if I'm, if, if I'm sick or got this disease, if I'm at this place at a certain time and season, once the water stir, it's a mad dash to the water and whoever gets there first is the only one who is healed. Look at the scarcity. Look at the restriction. What are the, what? Look at the small chances of you actually being able to be made whole. This is, look. This is religion. This is tradition. This is law. For some people, this is church. Come on, the the restriction, the rigidness. The, the, but this is all they had at the time. And so, what do you do when that's all you have? You wait there by the pool and you hope for the best. Come on and watch this. And so many times, that's exactly what we go through in life. And we think that that's the only thing we have is that I'm just going to sit here, wake up. I see you, mom. I'm going to exist and we'll see what happens and just hope that the best outcome that can happen happens for me. But am I going to be first? Will, you know, will I be able to get there? And I remember he said he said he's seen it, but he says that no one is there. Watch this to help me get there in time. And I'm never the first one there. I see you. I'm preaching right now. Watch this. And so we see that rigidness. Imagine that. Imagine your life being in a box of scarcity, of not having enough where it happens at a certain season and you better be the first one to touch it or else you're going to have to wait till next time. And so many times that's exactly what we do when we go through life day by day by day. We sit here and think, well, even in a religious way, all right. Well, if I go to enough services, if I learn how to pray the way this person pray, well, if I stand in the $200 line, well, if I do, then, then, then maybe at some point in time, my day will finally come because even though he had all these disappointments and even though it hadn't happened for him yet, he was still at the pool waiting. Why? Because when you have run out of options, all you do is the same thing you've been doing. And sometimes we go through life diamond at crystal and life has just become a repetitive cycle of doing the same thing that I've always been doing. Oh, there it is. Crystal, you're right. Property mindset. Watch this here. That life becomes just a daily, a, a daily cycle. There you go, Tracy. Watch it. Of doing the same thing that I've always been doing and hoping for the best. Watch this. But then what happens? Jesus comes and shatters all that. And this is what we got to see. Jesus comes, watch this, and shatters all of that. Point number one, write this down. Because this, this is something we're learning from Jesus, but it applies to us. It applies to impact. Watch this. Watch this. The Father, watch this. The Father working in me, the same way he worked through Jesus. Don't forget our scripture in 2 Corinthians that it is God who works through us the same way he worked through Jesus to reconcile people back to him. So watch this. The Father working in me draws me to people in situations where my God-given gift is needed, okay? I'm gonna say it again. We're gonna explain it. That that God working in me, Brian, draws me to people and draws me to situation where God, well, what God has placed inside of me is needed. Watch this. Why was Jesus even there, okay? 
This is one, watch this, because this has been one thing that even with his disciples, they didn't understand. This is one thing that the Pharisees didn't understand. The Sadducees didn't understand. The religious leaders didn't understand why Jesus was always around the people he was around. He didn't have to go to the pool. Why, why would Jesus, after this feast, go to the pool where all these sick people were? He wasn't sick. He had no reason to go there. He had no reason to be by the water. He had no reason to wait for the angel. And he daggone sure didn't have any reason to sit there and talk to this man. What, what was he doing there? Because who he was led him and drew him to situations where people needed him. Watch this. Mark 2, 16. Here we go. Let's do some Bible stuff, y'all. Watch this. Because this is, this is what Jesus did. Mark 2, 16 through 17. Watch this, Rick. Rick Gordon knows about this. He's always out in the streets doing the people's work. Watch this. But when the teachers of the religious law, okay, teachers of the religious law, we see this. He's the people who know all the stuff. They know all the stuff. They know all the scrolls. They're so smart. They're so religious. When the people, when the teachers of the religious law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners. So here they go. They see him doing this. They says, what? Why does he eat with such scum? Verse 17, when Jesus heard this, now again, he asked his disciples. They didn't even come and approach him about it. It's funny the questions people ask and the people they ask it to. So he says, when Jesus says that, what he says, he says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And then he clarifies, and he goes even deeper. He says, I've come to call not those who think they're righteous. Watch this, because even in your thought of being righteous, even in your thought of being whole, even your thought of being perfect, you're not, right? He says, but I came to those who know that they are sinners. Come on, listen, there is nothing, watch this impact, there is nothing about impact's mission that is going to keep us in the walls of a church preaching to people who are already saved. We're just not doing it. <laughs> Jesus didn't do it. That's not what we do, okay? Listen, he says, I, he, he says, he says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people need it. And he says, so I've come not to those who think they're righteous. He said, there's no, I know exactly why you don't understand why I do this. You don't understand it because you think you're righteous. See, the Pharisees were like, if you're Jesus and we're teachers of religious law, we don't hang with people like that. We're not around people like that. But if I'm not going to be around them, how in the world are they going to get healed? He says, but I come to those what? Who know that they are. That's why Jesus is at that pool. Watch this. Luke 4, 17 through 20. This is Jesus. He is, he's in a synagogue. And he is reading from Isaiah. He is reading from the scrolls. Okay, he is re- he literally reading reading from the from uh, Isaiah's writings. Okay, because we've got to remember the Bible wasn't put together like what we have, and uh, then so he's reading from the scroll. Here's what he says. He says the prophet Isaiah, the, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to them. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Verse 18 is where he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now he's talking about himself. He's saying that this, this prophecy, this scripture is pointing to me. He says, it's upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. How can I bring good news to the poor if I'm never around poor people? He said, he has, watch this. He sent me to proclaim to the captives to be released. How can I proclaim to captives to be released unless I go to those who are captive? Mentally captive, emotionally captive. Watch this, that the blind will see. How can I let the blind know that they can see unless I'm around the blind? Here it is, the oppressed that they are set free. How can I tell the oppressed that you are free unless I'm around 
the oppressed. He says, at that time, the, fa- the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scrolls, handed it back to the attendant, sat down, and with everyone's eyes on him, they, uh, he began to speak. He said, the scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. He made it quite clear that I'm here to do these things, and I can't do it unless I'm around those people. Watch this. You have. Do you realize how unselfish you have to be for the met for the and, and this is almost like it like a like a impact one on one. Maybe to add this to impact one on one, how unselfish the mindset and spirit has to be in order to get connected to impact and 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 and, and actually feel as if you're a part of this thing that God is doing because it's not about us. Listen, I don't care whether we ever have a building that's got comfortable pews and have big sound system and smoke machines. We don't need it. Why? Because our message is for the poor. How am I going to feed people if we spend eighty thousand dollars on a sound system? How, come on. How am I, how am I going to make sure someone who needs a home because they're leaving an abusive relationship or they lost a job, they need somewhere to stay. If I'm spending, you know, $40,000 on comfortable seats, cannot do it. Not here for that. Listen, we need to go Tracy where the need is. We need to go where the hurt is. We need to go where the sickness is and watch this. The thing about that is that it's never, ever convenient, Brian. (laughs) <laughs> Watch this. Listen, listen, for us to go to where the need is, for Jesus to have gone to where the hurt is, for us to go where the sickness is, for us to go where the greatest area of impact is needed, it will never, ever be convenient. And we need to stop looking for convenient ministry. You know what's convenient for me? For us to meet at a church and we just to preach y'all every week. That's convenient. What's not convenient is getting up in the morning, warming up food, Crystal getting up early, her coming ahead. You know, there's nothing convenient about Mike getting up, Charles getting up, Mike, they come up here, they pick up the food, pack it up, go down to D.C. There's nothing convenient about it. But we don't do it for convenience. We do it because it's the call, right? Watch this. Watch this. And so Jesus did what? Went to where the hurting was. Let us not forget, watch this, where God rescued us from. Uh-oh. Listen. Let us not forget where God came and got us out of, okay? we Look, we too were broken. We too were abandoned. We too were forgotten about. We too were judged. We too were overlooked. We too were underestimated. Here we go. We some Chris, This may not fit Charmaine, but it fits me. I also was in sin. I know Charmaine wasn't, and I know Charles wasn't, but I was. I was found in sin. I was found not enough. I was found not having the ability. And then what? Jesus came. Thank God he comes in places where people are hurting, because if he did not come to the sick, he would have never found me. That's it. Y'all ready? We want to continue next week? Here we go. Thank goodness that Jesus comes to the, where the, watch this, where the multitudes are sick. (laughs) Thank God he comes to a place where the majority of us are jacked up. It says that when he got to the pool, um, there was multitudes of sick people. Thank goodness he comes to situations where most of us are jacked up, forgotten about. People couldn't care less, taken advantage of hated on, hurt. Then Jesus came there. What was he doing? Again, our, our lives are about going to the places where what? Where people are hurting. All right, here we go. Point number two, point number two that you got to take away from this is that Jesus has, Jesus has, and you may need to write this down and put it on your, put it on your post-it notes, write it in your Bible. 
Sierra got a little post-it note right there on the on the on the um on the mirror right beside her bed. Got a little post-it note. Uh, you might need to put this on your post-it note, people. Jesus has Jesus has his eyes on you. Watch this. Jesus has his eyes on you. It's point number two that we're taking away from this. There were a multitude of people in need, yet Jesus only came to one man. Okay. There was a multitude of people in need. Watch this, mom. Diamond, but Jesus came to what? One man. Now, why this individual? Let's listen to his story. Why why he come to this individual? Well, number one, he came to this man because he said he noticed him. He saw him lying there. Okay. You may feel as if no one notices. And maybe that maybe people in your family and friends are couple, maybe they don't see you. You have no clue what you're going through and you feel unnoticed. I see you, mom. You feel like nobody sees it. Y'all know something? Nobody knows. You walk around all day with your head down, talk about no, nobody knows. But look, Jesus noticed him and saw him. And the next time you feel that way and the next time you want to sing that song, change those lyrics, change what you're saying to yourself. At least just change it to Jesus knows. Change it to nobody but Jesus knows. I see you, Rick. Change it to nobody sees me but Jesus, okay? Watch this. He says he saw him and he saw he'd been sick for a little while. And And so Jesus says, would you like to get well? Here's what the man says. He says, I can't, sir. He says, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water when the water bu- uh, bubbles up. So Jesus comes to this man. Why? Because he noticed him. Number two, because nobody else would help him. Because he felt abandoned. Because he felt like like, pe- listen, it's one it's one thing for people not to see you. But it's another thing for people to know that you need help to get somewhere and them not help you. People knew this man couldn't get there. And he said, I have nobody that's going to help me. This is why Jesus went to this man, because nobody else would. Watch this. He also went to him, watch this, because he'd never be first to the pool. No matter how many, again, he's, he's been dealing with this for 38 years. Look, watch this. He says, he says, he says I've been coming and, and, and I'll try to get there, but someone else gets there before me. That he would never be first. Watch this. When you feel inadequate, when you feel like you're not enough, I see you, Tracy, he says, right where we are. When you feel inadequate, you feel like you're not enough. You feel like you're never the choice. You feel like you're never the pick. Jesus came to that person. When you feel like you're always the underdog, you're always the one that you overlook. It's never you. That's okay. Because Jesus came what? To that person, to that man who would never get there. Watch what Matthew 19.30 says. Jesus says this. Watch this. Because this is about the whole thing about never getting never getting to the to, to, to the pool in time. Jesus says, watch this when he talks about the kingdom. He says, many who are first will be last. And many who are last will what? Be first. And then he goes into a story in Matthew 20 about that whole thing. And so, and so when so when Jesus is looking for who he wants first, he looks to the person who's last. Well, who's always last? And so he comes to this man. Why? Because he can never get there in time on his own. Watch this. Here's another reason he only went to one, because there was multiple people there, right? Because it only takes one person to be an example. Jesus didn't need to heal everybody. I just needed to do it with one person who would never be able to do it on their own to make an example. Watch this. It's not favoritism. He's not leaving everybody else out or leaving nobody short. He just needed one example to show what he could do. Now, here's the thing. Even if you feel like you're not the example, it's okay. He is showing you what he can do for you 
through the example. That's why when he works with Mike, and that's why when he blesses Denise, and that's why when he blesses Rick and Carla, this is when he blesses Tanya, and then he blesses the other Tanya and Tyrell, that I rejoice because he is showing me an example that I have not forgotten about my people, right? And so he doesn't, look, he didn't do it for everybody. He did it for one to what? Encourage us, what? That he that I am now here. All right, verse three, part point number three. Here we go. Uh, point number three, Jesus did this, watch this, to and, and to to break free, uh, to break us free, really, because he was already free, to break us free from the traditions and the religious sl- stuff that only hinders us. Watch this, to break us free from the traditions and the religious stuff that literally only hinders us. Jesus broke so much religious protocol in, in, when he do, doing this. Number one, he did it on the Sabbath. And there's a whole thing exchange he had with the religious leaders after this. If you just keep reading it about why would you do this on the Sabbath? But first of all, he did this on, on, on the Sabbath, right? Now watch this. He did it on the Sabbath. That's the first one. The second one, watch this. Verse eight, he told the man, rise, take up your bed and walk. He says, I understand the tradition. I understand waiting for the angel, waiting for that season, waiting for it to stir up and for you to have to get there first. Forget all that. Forget the water. Forget the angel coming down, stirring it up. Forget being first. I am telling you to get up. <laughs> he says, forget the religious stuff. Forget all the He says, listen to what I am telling you. I am telling you to get up, to, to fold up this bed and start to walk. I know the tradition. I know the religion. Listen, I know the pain. I know the hurt you're going through. I know the feeling. But what I am telling you to do is to get up. Forget the water. You don't need to be first. Forget waiting for it to stir. You don't need to wait. Because, you know, and we do that. We sit there in church. And, we, and I know we try to encourage each other. We got this. I'm next in line for a mirror. I'm next in line. Jesus says, forget the line. You don't need the line. You don't need. I am here. And I am telling you to get up. Watch this. Jesus did this all before. He, by, he bypassed this kind of stuff before. Don't forget the woman at the well. So go to John 4. John 4 is in, it's in verse 21. 20, uh, don't forget. There's the woman at the well. And her and Jesus gets into this whole discussion. And, and she's talking about history. She's talking about religion. She's talking about ethnicity. She's talking about tradition. She's talking about Jacob's well. She's talking about being a Samaritan and Jesus is a Jew. She's going through all these things and she's 100% right uh, uh, by the book, right? But then, but then watch this. Jesus replies to her in, t- in verse 21. He says, woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father, neither on this mountain, as a Samaritan believes, or in Jerusalem, the thought of the Jews, okay? He says, so believe me, there's going to come a time when this mountain or in Jerusalem ain't going to matter. He says, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Watch this. He's given the truth for what it was at that time. But then he says, yet a time is coming. Okay. So he's saying, yep, Samaritan, Jews, but he says, but yet a time is coming. And now has that time come when true worshipers will worship the fire. It doesn't matter about the mountain. Doesn't matter about Jerusalem. Doesn't matter what Samaritan. That's what he says, but we'll worship in what? It doesn't talk about ethics. He says in what? In spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the fathers seek. God is a spirit. He is trying to tell it. Listen, you're telling me who I am and who you are. He says, but God is none of He's a spirit. And his worshipers must worship him in what? In spirit and in truth. Get up. 
Don't wait for the water. Don't wait for the pool. Don't have to be first. He says, forget all that. We're bypassing it. Why? Because I'm here now. And that same Jesus is the one that we have access to God through. And so all these things that try to hold us back and all this thing, well, you can't, you got to wait to turn it. None of that matters. Jesus, how foolish it would have been if this man, if Jesus says, get up, take your stuff and walk. He said, well, I'm just going to wait for the, for the pool. Or if he folds up his stuff and gets him to walk. And then the next time the, the water stirs, he still runs to the water. There's no need for it anymore. Why? Because Jesus told him to get up and walk. Now watch this. Here's something else. This man never asked Jesus to help him. Jesus did ask him. He says, he says, do you, he says, do you want to be healed? Right. And this man says, well, I can't because he doesn't say yes. He doesn't say please. He doesn't say no. He says, what do you want me to do? He said, well, I can't because I can't get there. Da, 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 da. Jesus then doesn't even respond to that. He just says, get up, fold this stuff up and walk. If so, look, look, uh, this is a side point. If you ever struggle and think, well, do I have enough faith? Do I pray right? Do I say the right words? Do I give enough to church? Do I serve enough? You're focused on the religious stuff. Don't focus on that. Focus on God. Focus on him. Watch this, his ability and desire. Don't forget that the Bible says that those who come to him must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And, and it's not about waiting by the pool. It's not about, am I praying? Enough? Is my, is, do I have enough faith? Do I, have, no, no, Jesus, wait, wait, stop. Because churches will do that. We'll, we, churches will do that to you too. Well, this is just not working because you just not have enough faith. You got to pray this certain prayer. Well, you're not doing something. Well, you got to buy this cloth. Well, you got to do something. Well, you got to, you know, well, now you got to come to my, you know, event, my, um, you know, apostle class. And then I'm going to teach you how to do it so you can get, like, you know, no, we do that. Jesus told that man, get up fold up this stuff all and, and and walk and all the things you depended on that you thought was right. And even at the time was still working. I'm taking you to a whole nother place, a whole nother place. Jesus says, I am here now. You can leave that alone. 